You are listening to the Sports Chop Shop. And now, your host, Adam Bailey and Ben Downey. Well, hey, welcome back. It is good to be back. It's the Sports Chop Shop. We had to take a little break. We had to take a little hiatus for a little while. Things got crazy with the school for me and Ike and, and, and Ben was there. And <laughs> Uh, we are we are very sorry that we had to we had to take a break, but uh, no worries because me and Ben, not I, are back. We're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna sum this all up. We're gonna get back on track, and uh, it's good to have you back uh, with us on the Sports Chop Shop. Ben, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It felt good dusting off the microphone. It felt good. Yeah. Was it? Was yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was kind of. Yeah, I, I had to. I had to remember where I put it. I had no idea. Mm. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, my uh, my quarter from heck is done, and uh, actually the new quarter started today. Had a very relaxing spring break, and uh, I'm ready to, to 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 dive back into it and and to give our fans the uh, the hard hitting analysis that they've come to expect us. Push chop chop. <laughs> so, over the weekend, we uh, we have our final four, and uh, interesting to say the least. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about on this. Obviously, uh, most notably, the team that wasn't supposed to be in the tournament at all, of course, uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, 11th seed, making it on one side along with uh, Butler. It's not. It's it's not even cool that Butler has made the Final Four as an eight seed because VCU is sealing the show. And Butler was there last year. It's almost it's almost not even a, uh, a a Cinderella story for them because they're being usurped by VCU's story. And, we've and, you know, it's it's not surprising to see Butler doing that well despite, you know, just being an eight seed and losing their best player to the draft last year. And then on the other side, of course, the Goliath game, uh, UConn versus Kentucky. I be I, I I do wish that we had it mixed on the other side. You know, I, I feel like on one half we have our Boise State TCU game. I would kind of like to see Kentucky VCU. I kind of wish it played out like that. I mean, obviously we're setting the bracket, but it, like it, how it, how dare you compare college football postseason and college basketball postseason? It's not even close. Yeah, and you know what? I I, I want to get into this real quick because I was listening to to our boy DP Dan Patrick, listening to his podcast today, and even watching a little ESPN. They're they're starting. Dan Patrick especially goes right into does the system work? Meaning March Madness, meaning the basketball tournament. Does does the system work in that? Do we get our two best teams? And I'm going all right. This is the media just being the media for the sake of being the media, posing questions just for the sake of it. I mean, how are you going to question a single-game elimination tournament, especially with how much they personally complain about the BCS, and now you don't like the most fair way you could possibly do it? I, uh, I mean, the regular season means nothing, that, and yeah, there's no way to fix it in college basketball, and Tradition, and it, you know, it has shown that the two best scenes in the regular season do not automatically get burst in the national championship game. 
And you're absolutely, you know, I completely agree with you. Uh, it's what's more fair than this tournament? And there's there's nothing. I mean, we can't have a seven game series. I mean, that's just ri- ridiculous. I, I mean, you can't format it any other way than it is right now. And I think I think college basketball is better. Is definitely better for it. Well, I mean, college basketball has the best postseason of of arguably any any sport. I mean, definitely. No other sport hockey. revolves. Or, I might stick up for hockey. I mean, let, I mean, talking popularity, talking. I mean, you know, people who don't follow college basketball during the regular season totally get into it for the postseason. That's you, you don't see that with any other sport. It's not like people all of a sudden perk up for the NFL playoffs or perk up for like the NBA playoffs. If you follow the NBA, you'll watch the playoffs. I mean, obviously, it, it attracts more of an audience, but you, you know, it, the, the not to the, that, not to this extent. I, right. I, not to this. I mean, but I will say, you know, having completely almost wrote off the NBA for this season, I will say that I'll probably get into it again. I, I'll probably get into it for the postseason. However, traditionally, though, I think you're, you know, it's it, it's every everyone gets into the tournament. Everyone's like, I got a bracket. I think it's the yep. bracket. I it, think it, it's that just bracket is popular. I think it's just the bracket format and filling it out and like, you know, I I, I hung out with my cousin this weekend and he was. He was just beside himself when Florida lost to Butler because I think he had Florida in his uh, his Final Four. And uh, yeah, my aunt told him, he's like, uh, you know, you know, next year you'll do better. And I was like, why do you have to lie to him? Like, it it doesn't get any better. Your your brackets go to crap every every year. And just and this year was no exception for me. I did awfully. I was not. I it it, it sucks because. March Madness always falls like right at the end of of quarter, the winter quarter, for uh, for 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 SCAD, and I'm so burnt out and tired and and just disconnected. I, I don't ever have time to make a bracket, and you know, I mean, you remember last year when you were in town? It was like, oh, March Madness has begun. I have not filled out anything, so it, it is kind of fun to watch it objectively. But yeah, March Madness is a cultural phenomenon, and I mean, getting back to the subject here. It's it's a single game elimination tournament. You can play it ten different ten times, and it's going to finish ten different ways. But the fact remains is that look, you you cannot look at it from just a pure, from from so far away and go, well, do we get the two best teams? Because that's just that's not a fair way to assess it. Look, Kansas was on the floor with VCU. They didn't win. They lost the game. They lost by ten to VCU, little mid major out of Virginia. You know, Kansas is on the floor. Notre Dame's on the floor with Florida State as a two seed. You know, you just you're not taking care of business. It's just, I, I, I just don't. I, I don't. I, I, mean, I want to get off the subject because the very nature of the question annoys me. And like I said, it's media just for the sake of media. It, it, it there's, there's no need to change it or, or, or question it. Now, I have a problem with all the talks of expansion. I think that's ridiculous. And unfortunately, the VCU phenomenon might only fuel that argument that we need more teams, being that they were a play-in, the first four to the final four. But uh, it's hard to say. But I will say... VCU has to be the extreme exception and not the rule in the case that, you know, it's not going to be the case every year that you're going to have someone from the first four in go to the final four. I think this is going to be a rare case, and I I think we should all enjoy the story, you know, as it... You know, as it plays out in front of us on on Saturday, and you know maybe Monday, uh, 
but you know, I, I think you you could you could look at it a couple ways. I mean, it, it's the George Masons of the world, the VCU's of the world, the Butlers of the world are 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 stronger teams now. They're stronger teams. They don't have necessarily the best individual players, but they have the players that want to be in play college basketball and they want to play for three or four years. So a team with a chock full of juniors and seniors are going to beat a lot of teams with freshmen or or players who who have their eyes on the next level and don't don't really focus on on team play as much as these guys have and have done for years. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it, like you like you said uh with with players wanting to play three and four years and inversely with with the major teams and the major conferences, the players that don't want to play for three or four years want to play for one or two and then go to the draft. I think it's hurting those those major uh, programs because they can't build a foundation. And you know, like you were saying, when when you're VCU and, and you've got lots of juniors and seniors who are experienced and have played with each other, and then you get into a single game elimination tournament with teams that you know have lots of freshmen, lots of lots of uh, sophomores who don't necessarily know how to put their feet to the fire a, a, as much. And I, I think we I think we saw that play out with with a few teams. Um, I think Kentucky's getting away with it with uh, with with uh, some some young players. Um, are you surprised at all by Kentucky making the Final Four, Ben? Uh, no, they're a very strong team. They you know they went through the you know the rigorous SEC, which not really this year, but uh, I, I felt like they, they've they, they've had the talent and you know they've. They've relied almost, you know, exclusively on the last second shot. They beat uh, Princeton with the last second shot, and then beat uh, Ohio State with the last second shot. Uh, so they play teams uh, very close, um, but they have played. They did play in one of the toughest brackets. I, you know, I will say, having to go up against uh, Ohio State team that most people pick to to win the win the win the East bracket, you know, and then North Carolina, who was in the final final four recently, you know, what two years ago, and you know, I. I for Kentucky to make it, I think that they have a lot of confidence going into it. I'm really looking forward to that Kentucky-UConn game. I think that's going to be a heavyweight bout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I am surprised by Kentucky making it this far. Oh, um, did, did did you did you figure out the formula that you know by proxy Georgia beat Ohio State? Yeah, yeah. I mean, by proxy Georgia's in the Final Four. I mean, all right. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, citing that, I mean, Georgia had beaten Kentucky earlier in the season. Kentucky had taken a few other not so great losses. I mean, they were an eight-loss team uh, heading into the tournament. I mean, it's certainly not a sexy pick, especially compared to you know Duke, Ohio State, Kansas, uh, UConn, for that matter. It, I, I I saw them making a run, but I will you know even even before I I, I thought Sweet Sixteen at the best, especially after their first game where they just irked out a, a two-point win against Princeton. In, in their first game, uh, especially with how murderous that bracket was, I thought they would meet Ohio State and lose. Uh, but you know, it, they, credit to them they they have they have had to take on some of the toughest teams in this tournament, and they've beaten them. I mean, they put North Carolina away. Yeah, that Har- they, that Harrelson guy is is, is a beast. He's a, he's an energy player, and I see him being the next like Joe Kim Noah type, not necessarily exactly like him. But uh, not, hey, not not screaming his head off when someone else makes a good play. <laughs> See, I, I did that just for you, so you could say that. So you could set me up. I I set you up. I set yeah. you up. So 
Uh, you know, no, but just just the way he he plays hard and he he plays aggressive, and you, you can just tell he cares and he wants he wants that you know that win more than you do. Don't forget about Brandon Knight, sensational freshman guard. Yeah, who's who's having a great tournament. He's having an excellent tournament, and you know, I I, I do think there's a little too much clout about you know draft status and and all that as as far as the draft. You know, it's kind of like you you're gonna look at a college football player and assess his draft status by how he does in a bowl game, one game. I think you could look at in you know a basketball tournament a little bit closer and get a better idea, but I don't necessarily put a whole lot of clout in, into a, a player's tournament and that affecting their draft status. I mean, in NBA drafts, it's altogether different, but, you know, Jimmer Fredette, didn't necessarily have the absolute greatest tournament. Certainly did not. It's not like he came out totally flat. You know, teams knew how to prepare for BYU, especially Florida. Florida knew exactly what they wanted to do when they were going to go against BYU. They were going to hammer Jimmer whenever he touched the ball. They were going to make everything difficult, no easy buckets. And they, they swarmed him. And they had the athleticism to, to put him away. And, you know, people are going to look at that and go, oh, he just he had a bad tournament. Uh are are you sure? I mean, he 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 still came out and scored twenty plus in 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 each of the games. Uh, that that's a bad tournament. I mean, people are going to prognosticate how they will, but the fact of the matter is that Florida had him figured out and and they were ready. I mean, before that, gun uh, before that, BYU was was putting him away. They put away Gonzaga by twenty plus. They took care of Wofford. You know, in in their first game, easy squeezy. They just met a better Florida Florida team. And uh, and and uh, and I will say I'm 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 pretty surprised that Florida couldn't pull it out against Butler. I really do think I mean I'm I'm going to call it a collapse with Florida, especially in those final minutes. Those are some ill-advised, just foolish deep three pointers. Did Did you see that game? Did you see how that I mean, ended but, up? I mean, you've seen Florida do this before. I mean, you've seen Florida play like this down the stretch. I mean, they were up pretty big against Georgia, you know, towards the end of that game. Let Georgia all the way back. Took it to overtime and won it there, but they they don't close games well apparently. You know, obviously, I mean and, it was terrible. They they were straight up hoisting, and and they had the final possession uh, in 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 overtime, and dude just just jacked it with at least like 15 seconds to go, with a guy in his face at least five feet out of the of the three point line. And you're just scratching your head, going. Oh, there's a there's a four point. He's going for the four point play. Ah, uh, is okay. that what you is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes, that's that's smart coaching. I just hate you know college basketball players that you know spot up like five yards behind the line just to kind of show that they have range. I, that NBA range. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. I just I, I if I was a basketball coach, that would drive me nuts. Like, get a better shot, you know. Hey, like, hey baby, I'm trying to get drafted. All right. <laughs> I'm thinking about the future. Well, I'm right? thinking about the now <laughs> here at Bet Down at University. <laughs> and speaking of of, uh, of that three point line, you know, w- let's talk about VCU. That's where they have made their bread and butter. The, the the thing about college basketball specifically, and that closer three point line, it emphasizes guard play that much more. And they start VCU, start one forward. Yeah, I, I mean. And VCU is deadly from that three-point line, and, and that that has been what they've been. That's 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 their ticket that they've been riding the whole the whole way down, is 
they've got guys who are dangerous from the three-point line anywhere. I'm, I mean, and and they don't they don't have to take it inside and penetrate, and you know they don't have to go inside where you know the Kansases and you know all, all all of these traditional powers have a big center, have a big forward. Well, that you know that's going to shut down and clog the paint. They don't need to go to the paint. They don't, they don't they don't need to penetrate and and necessarily get you know get 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 a get a good looking shot because they live on that three point line and you know that 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 that's just how they've been doing it. Uh, I will say this: How many basketball fans do you think know VCU's uh, coach's name? Uh, now or last week? Let's let's say let's say forty eight hours ago. You, I mean, I could even say now. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What, per- uh, what percentage? Uh, well, no, I, the the bad part is I just watched PTI and he was the you know the five five good minutes with Chaka Smith. Uh, what percentage of people? Not many. Uh, uh, Isaac would like me to say right now that he coached at Cal U, where where he's going right now, and uh, where, was where Brad's- is Isaac? Uh, California University of Pennsylvania. It's like south of Pittsburgh. No, I mean like where? Where is he telling you this? Oh, he was sending me a text message earlier today. No, that's not allowed. He's he's either on the show, like you're either on the show or you're not. You don't you don't you don't get to do these. Hey, but, by you're the still, way, but you're still my cousin. Absolutely, but come on, I'm running a tight ship here. You you don't get to say I'm not coming into work. And then, oh, he didn't tell me to say anything, but I said he would like me to say. All right, I'm just you're a, you're flustered. I can tell. I'm running a tight ship here, okay? I I extremely tight apparently. Super tight. I I just all right. L- l- honestly, I'm just expressing my frustration that he's not here because. So do you want to talk UConn? Do you want to talk UConn? Let's talk UConn. Uh, go. Uh, I mean, you, you gave raving reviews for all the other three. I would love to hear your breakdown of Kemba Walker and the and those UConn Huskies. Uh, I honestly don't really have a breakdown. Uh, I mean, I will you're not impressed. You're not impressed by the the five wins in the Big East tournament, and then the five wins to get here, or is it four wins? I think it's four wins to get well, here. Well, I'm definitely surprised. I'm more surprised at them making it this far than I am Kentucky, because yes, like you said, they 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 backed into the tournament. Uh, those those losses. No, well, Villanova me, backed into this tournament. Excuse me, flip it. Well, UConn had a had a poor end of the season, but then they caught fire right. for the Big East tournament. That's right. I mean, it, it was. I mean, how many consecutive losses, and then they turn around and win five straight games. I mean, I and I I remember it. it the the questions were being asked. You know, is UConn even? I mean, does UConn deserve to be there? What's going to happen? And then, you know, it, it, it's it's it becomes. They catch fire, they win the Big East, and then they go on a tear. And, uh, and admittedly, not the toughest row to hoe. Okay, not. I mean, looking looking at 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 their uh, at their at their at their bracket, they get Bucknell first first game. Okay, yeah, easy. Then you take on Cincinnati, not a bad team, and then San Diego State. Uh, I, I don't know. Those were those are the NCAA darlings, San Diego State. They, they were, but we all know how that can can translate. I, I mean, I, I guess 
I, I, I don't look at it like that. I mean, you can only, you can only play the people that are in front of you. It's not their fault that they, you know, they got picked for this bracket. But I will say that the San Diego State team is very good. I think that Arizona, the Derek Williams kid, is very good. The team that took out Duke whooped Duke, beat Duke down. I, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. I'll, let me ask you this question. If they went down the same exact road Kentucky did, do you think they make it to the Final Four? Well, uh, I don't think that's fair to ask, but sure. I don't see why not. Uh, I don't think they get past Ohio the State. The madness! The madness. <laughs> I frankly do not think they get past Ohio State. That's just me. And then I don't see them getting past North Carolina. Ohio State plays everyone close. They they have this innate ability to keep everyone like real close and opportunities to win. And it showed. Were they were they keeping it close and they beat George Mason by thirty plus? Uh at the beginning when they tipped the ball off. I mean, I I was very impressed with Ohio State. They took care of business in, in their first game. You know, they they won by the obligatory almost thirty plus. They destroyed George Mason while, you know, that 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 one versus eight is not a given. Hey, just 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 ask Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. It's and, ask Pittsburgh. That's tough. Ask Pittsburgh. Yeah, say it. Say it five times. It's back. tough. You do it. It's hard. You try it. Ask Duke, who only beat Michigan by two in that one versus an eight. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, Ohio State had the most impressive first two games of any of the one seeds, and then they just turn around and they. They lose to Kentucky. I I was very impressed with everything Ohio State in their first two games. I was surprised to see Kentucky win. I wasn't able to actually watch the game, but uh, I, I I would have put my money on Ohio State there. I mean, honestly, Ohio State was my pick to win it in my mind, and just d- despite them being Ohio State and, and we know what they like to do. I had it I had it body, heart, and mind. Ohio State winning it all. So I did. I did. And I had uh you know. Them playing Georgia, you know, to go into the Final Four. No, I didn't. That's a lie. Disappointed or proud of Georgia? Disappointed. Uh, I don't see how you could be proud of, of that loss. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it, it, it's telling the fact that I am disappointed and I'm, and I'm not just happy to be here anymore. I'm very much tired of saying that and I'm very much tired of, of you know, hoping for it. Uh, I think we showed that that we can we can play, you know, throughout the season, uh, and I'm hoping for bigger and better things. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who comes back this year. I hope you know. Hope they all do. Um, yeah, they do. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Definitely proud of the season as far as the actual game, which was my which was my question. I mean, we we were sending the texts, and 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 we did not look good from. I'm not gonna say we didn't look good for most of the game, but. It was definitely clear that Washington was outclassing us, and we didn't necessarily have the ball players that they did. But I am proud for the way we battled back and made it a three-point game. I mean, we we nearly—if it wasn't for Isaiah Thomas tipping the inbounds pass—that ball would have gone right to to where our best three-point shooter, and he would have had a clear look at, at a three-point shot. And then who knows what happens? I mean, I, I was really proud of Jeremy Price. Almost single-handedly, after having foul trouble the whole game and not being able to get minutes and not finding a rhythm, towards the end of that game, we just had to play him, had to go for broke. Getting in ones, forcing that ball in, just, just willing us back almost on his own. You know, just being being a damn good dog. And, uh, you know, being the leader of the team and stepping up. I mean, we only lost by three. 
And even even uh, Travis Leslie's crazy shot coming off of the Isaiah Thomas tip, that, uh, that almost went. So, you know, it, it, it's tough to absorb the loss. It's tough to look at, you know, the other, like, you know, Florida State, 10 seed, getting all the way to the Sweet 16. Even tougher to watch VCU, an 11 seed, uh, sure. doing what they're doing. <laughs> and, you know, but hopefully bigger and better things. Mark Fox is definitely the guy here and, and, and for the future. And, yes, I do hope that we, uh, we were able to keep some guys, but at the same time, I'm very happy with the way he's been recruiting. And like we're saying about Georgia is that the, the, you, you can, even though Georgia's never been a much of a basketball school aside from, you know, a few years and when Dominique Wilkins was there, the thing about Georgia is that we have the talent in state coming out of Atlanta, coming out of other cities. We, we're not a program looking to build and we have to go out of state. We have the athletes right here. As long as we can convince all these kids coming out of Atlanta just to stay, we, we, we definitely got uh, some stuff to build on. But anyhow, let's say we make some Final Four predictions. Uh, final predictions? Final. That, that, was the, that was the best I had off the top of my head. And, that's, and the sad thing is I've been thinking about it now for about 25 minutes. Ugh, that was bad. All right, go ahead. You, you got to shimmy like the four in there somehow. I don't. I don't know. The final four. The final <laughs> four. Well, let's start with VCU and Butler. VCU and 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 most people have heard by now, but in case you didn't know, VCU has made history with this uh, tournament run in that they have beaten five teams from different major conferences. They have knocked out a team from a major conferences, different ones. There have been teams that have beaten five major conference teams, but they haven't all been from different conferences. The only one that they have not beaten yet, because they simply haven't come across it, is the SEC. So, that being said, it kind of, it, it's almost fate, what, what what I think we're looking at for, for the title game. But, uh, you know, it, 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 and let's not sleep on Butler, for instance, because... Let's not sleep on UConn. Absolutely. Uh, but, but talking VCU Butler, VCU, by the way, still an underdog. They've been an underdog in every single game they played, and they still are. I don't necessarily disagree with that, though, because Butler is good. And with, with Butler, they have experience. Guys, they have experience, which is, which is so crucial in the tournament. So very crucial. I think one of the more overlooked things. They have experience. They've been in big games. They've handled the Final Four before. I I want to drink the Kool Aid. I really do. I want to I want to just hop on this VCU bandwagon, and just with both feet. With with both feet, I want to. And and there's every reason to. They they beat Kansas. They they beat a very very good Kansas team in not a not an intensely close game when it when it was coming down the stretch. Ah, but you look at Butler and they've beaten. Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, Florida, very, very good teams all along the way, and they've got that experience. I'm putting Butler in the final game two years in a row. Ben? Uh, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I like I like Shaka Smith's style. Actually, I like both of these, co- these coaches. Uh, both of them are real young, real charismatic, and uh, kind of the young faces of the game. Uh, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a hot three point shooting team, and that's VCU. And uh, you know, 
hope they stay hot because I, I I do want to see that they you know they kind of do a clean sweep of the BCS uh, the powered power schools and uh, I think that would be that would be cool. I mean, yeah, if they're gonna do it, I, I would like to see them them do it. I mean, I I think whoever wins this game is going to be the darling of the championship game and who everybody wants. Uh, for just so everybody knows, this is the uh, VCU being an 11th and Butler being an eighth seed. This is the that's the highest total of uh, seed numbers that has ever played in a Final Four game, being 19. For those of you who aren't too aren't too quick on it, yes, I had dryer. 17. I had, I had 17. Ah, uh, buddy, come on now. Damn. And yes, my, my, my dryer is done. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> that up. But, just in case uh, you, you didn't notice. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my dryer does this weird thing where it'll stop and then start again, buzz again, stop, start again, and buzz again. It's. Does, do, you have a, do you have a setting for like tumble dry or something like that? Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a new dryer. It's crazy technology. But if back. you want back back to the spush chasha, if you want your VCU to to take take out every single major conference, then that means you're going to have to put Kentucky in the final game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the first go at the uh, Kentucky Connecticut game. Who do you have in the final? I I want to pick U- UConn. I, I like the story. I like them going five straight. But I, I I've just seen this Kentucky team kind of gel. I, I guess we've seen the UConn team very much gel. I don't know what I'm saying here. I think I'm just going to go with U- uh, UK. And my reason is because I want to see VCU beat them in the final. Yeah, it's a tough one to call because it's it's two teams that just on it. I mean, in my in my opinion, just did not look so particularly strong. But they both ended up finishing the regular season with great uh, conference tournament showings, uh, you know, winning both. And they both – and they've looked very strong in the tournament, obviously, to get all the way to the Final Four. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to have to go Kentucky. Uh, so that, that gives me Kentucky and Butler in the final game. You have Kentucky and VCU. But I just think it's going to run out for UConn, and I, I think – and you know, also talking about experience, Calipari has already been to the final game and has coached uh, coached up a team all the way there. That was, of course, when when he was with Memphis. But uh, I'm going to go Kentucky, and that gives us Kentucky and Butler for me, Kentucky and VCU for you. So we'll see what's what. We'll see what's what come uh, come April second in the national semifinals on CBS. But uh, yeah, so was, that, was that was that an Andy Dick impersonation? Uh, it could be whatever you whatever you want to call it. One on a scale of one to ten, Ben. <laughs> All right, on a scale of one to ten. How how does this tournament rank for you thus far? Well, personally, I have to put it at a one. Uh, <laughs> purely objective, basketball uh, purely fan. objective basketball fan. It's got it's up there. Yeah, uh, it's my, my 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 level of enjoyment's probably at an eight. Yeah, I would say an eight is a fair number for me. I, I enjoy the BCU story. I like I st- you know I still like the Butler story. I would not be disappointed. You know you, you're right. Whoever comes out of that game is the media is the darlings of it, and that will be the team that I'll root for. Uh, but I'm talking about the the VCU Butler game, of course. Um, and you know just seeing seeing all the great games the last. I mean it's like this every year. So my level of enjoyment is always pretty high. 
Well, I would say I average probably like a six and a half or seven for this tournament, but I think this year it's 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 an eight. Yeah, it's 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 been a fantastic tournament. Whose run do you uh, is more impressive to you, VCU this year or George Mason a few years ago when they were also an 11 seed and made it to the Final Four? Uh, I'm going to say VCU only because they had to play that extra game. They were very much a bubble team, would not have gotten in last year when it was a field of 65. They were very, you know, very fortunate to have this extra game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, and, and for the same reasons. Uh, George Mason's run was incredible, and certainly no one had heard of them uh, beforehand, and same thing with VCU. Uh, but VCU doing that extra play-in game, and it, just the way they've done it, and you, George Mason beat UConn at number one seed, you got VCU being Kansas, number one seed. You got a lot of parallels, um, but the way they could make it not even a question is if they take it all the way to the championship game and maybe beyond. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely very impressive for for them to say the least. But uh, yeah, so there's your there's your college basketball March Madness just all around update. Let's uh, let's let's talk some NBA with the playoffs right around the corner. And certain teams, yeah. All right, well, the Cavs fan is going to go to sleep. <laughs> and I will talk to you all about some NBA. Uh, a lot of interesting storylines going on because we've got some teams making a push since the All-Star break and some that have just completely fallen by the wayside. Most notably, and this can take us to your uh, your benching if you would like to, Ben, but the uh, New York Knicks are 7-12 and 12 since the trade to get Carmelo Anthony, and they are firmly sitting in the seventh seed. It looks like they're not even going to be able to push to the sixth seed. Uh, just kind of looking like they got egg on their face. And uh, it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what's going so wrong for them. I mean, certainly people thought it would take time. People thought it would, would, would take time to gel, but... No defense, which is what everyone said before that. Carmelo Anthony doesn't play defense, and now they're like, oh, he should play more defense. Shocker. They're, they're losing games late. They're losing games late. They, they, they're awful. But I will say, though, midseason trade – when was the last midseason trade that just, like, erupted and, and brought a team up and, and to a championship level? I can't think of one. A team that wasn't – the team that was previously not a playoff team, or maybe not, maybe a playoff team, but not a championship caliber team, and then push them over the top. I think next year is where you're going to see the, the market improvement. I agree, but certainly I don't think anybody anticipated, or at least not too many people anticipated, it, it not working to this degree. To have such, I mean, for the last 10 games, they're 1 and 9. They don't, they don't want any of Cleveland. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, but in that terrible run, they certainly beat the Hawks at home with all of the front-running New York natives that live in Atlanta uh, screaming their asses off for the Knicks. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Carmelo doesn't play defense, nor does Amare, for that matter, nor does Mike D'Antoni give a crap. So... That's going to kind of hurt your chances to, to win that many games. But I agree, it's probably going to have to be a, uh, a work in progress next year. But depending on who they get as far as, as, far as, the, uh, as, far as the playoffs, 
They could be interesting. I, they could be dangerous. They can definitely be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't without think, much I mean, power, firepower. I mean, you gotta. Uh, that would be the worst first round draw for either the Magic, the Bulls, the the Heat, or who am I saying? If they started today, it'd be the Celtics. Celtics, bang. The Celtics, yeah. So you got Boston, New York, first round of the playoffs. I think Boston take care of business, but. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think anybody's wanting wanting to see them um, in the first round. I, I, I will say that uh, of of the bottom four teams: Atlanta, Philadelphia, New York, Indiana. Which one would you like to play the least? I mean, New York. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. It's 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 looking not that great right now. They've lost six in a row. Like I said, one for one out of their last ten games. Uh, it's just it's, it's it's not great, but there's still some time to to figure it out before the playoffs hit. And, what did uh, uh, what did Tyler Hansbro drop? Tyler Hansbro dropped like 30 on him. Yeah, he's he's out of nowhere. Just decided to play out of his mind and and be. I, I I I root for that story. I do root for that story. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I liked I liked the way he played in college. I thought he was a very hard nosed player. I mean, when he had that blood on his face, how? Badass did he look with that blood on his face? I mean, he's. What was it, what was, what was his uh, psycho T? Was that his nickname or whatever? Oh, I have no idea. Ah, uh, see, you're not up on your Tyler hands, bro. I never particularly followed the guy, but it doesn't change the fact that he has kind of figured it out a little bit in uh, in recent uh, recent weeks, and he's playing at a very high level. There's just no there's no questioning it. Um, but. <laughs> Let's stop talking about Indiana. <laughs> that is exactly why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so as we talk about the Pacers and the, and the show comes to a screeching halt. Uh, no. And uh, let, let's inversely, in, in looking at teams and how they fared since the All-Star break, the L.A. Lakers are on a tear. Uh, what are they, 14-1 and one since the All-Star break? They've won seven in a row. Uh, inversely of New York, they are 9-1 and one their last ten games. And don't blink, because they're starting to close in on the San Antonio Spurs just a little bit, and now Manu Ginobili's gone down for them. And Tim uh, Duncan's already on the bench, so I don't know. Hansbrough's dropped 29 and 30 against the Knicks. Anyways, he's, moving on. He threw the show back <laughs> to Tyler Hansbrough. We're talking about the Lakers. Remember, remember when the Lakers lost to the Cavs right before the All Star break, and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong with the Lakers?" Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. That everybody wanted. Everybody was ready to just take that story and run with it. You know, they lost like three out of four before the All Star break. What's going on? What's happening? I'll tell you what happened. They played the Hawks coming out of the All Star break, and that'll get any team back on track. That's what happened. But uh, I mean. So so now now you've got uh, Mono Ginobili suffered an injury. We're going to see how bad it is. Apparently, he just went down with an injury. Tim Duncan's already uh, sidelined, and the Lakers are only four games back. And they've won seven in a row, and the Spurs have lost three in a row. So let's not don't you do that. the math. You do the math. I mean, not not a lot of time. Obviously, there's only uh, nine games left in the season, but they could close that gap. But even if they don't, then they just settle for a two seed, and that's fine with them, I'm sure. Uh, who would they play? What's the, who's the two? Who's the seven and eight seed? But, uh, right now, if the playoffs started today, San Antonio would play Memphis, and the Lakers oh, would play New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. So without uh, David West. Exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, and and I mean, can we can we talk about Dallas for a second? Can we talk about how coming again coming into the season, everybody's writing them off. They're, they're too old. They got bounced last year. Dirk Nowitzki's too old. Jason Kidd's too old. They're third, and they're only five games back from San Antonio. One game back from the Lakers. And it just seems like they're kind of the best kept secret right now in the West. Everybody's questioning Jason Kidd, yet the Mavs are, are, the Mavs lead the league in assists per game. Not for nothing. And they're playing defense. Or better defense, I should say. And it, it just seems like no one, no one is, no one is, no one seems to be noticing. No one seems to be taking Taking any notice of it, Adam, I mean, you are. I, that's right. That's what happens when you when you get the Mavs. You are on notice. You are you are on notice. Uh, I am a little surprised to see Oklahoma City uh, settling into the four. I I honestly thought they they would crack the top three. Um, well, they, that, they, they traded. They had a big trade too. They did indeed. And 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 by the way, let's 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 touch on that for a second. I I don't understand Boston. Just letting Perkins go like that. They had to get younger. They had to get younger, but you're looking at la- as as recent as last year. A very popular opinion was Boston would have won the game had Perkins been playing. So you're going to say that 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 was the last piece to you having a championship, a trophy, and you're going to trade him away. I, I understand getting younger, but it's not like that's three years ago. That's last year, and Perkins is not old. So, they they like traded all their fives. They traded that Erdan kid to uh, from Turkey to uh, to Cleveland. They they traded Heron Goody to Cleveland, and they got Nenad Kristich from Oklahoma City as their five. They got younger, uh, yeah. But that that trade was you know all those that series of trades like you know granted Erdan or 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 Heron Goody were not game breakers, but they were part and Heron Goody wasn't in the rotation, but Erdan was. Erdan started a couple games when uh, Perkins was hurt. And I, to ship all your fives, like, doesn't make any sense to me. It, it doesn't make sense, and, I, and I'm going to say it again. Everybody was citing, including the Celtics, citing Kendrick Perkins as that X factor that would have possibly delivered them a championship last year had he been healthy for Game 7. And then you just ship him away. At, you know, maybe, uh, you know, what, what happens if you see Orlando and Dwight Howard? You know, what happens if you, if you see the Lakers again in the finals? I, I just, I don't understand. But, uh, uh, you know, I guess they're just, they just got a different game plan going in mind. I mean, they're doing well, second in the East. Speaking of, who was above them in the East, we were talking about this before the show, Ben, Chicago with the best record in the East and, uh, only two games up on Boston, but they're, they're, they're red hot. Nine and one in their last ten games and they've won four in a row. Derek Rose obviously is the MVP of the league. He is just, playing at such an incredible level and like we were talking about before the show I in my personal opinion I think Derrick Rose is the most athletic player in the NBA what he is able to do for his small frame his short stature I mean he's what 6'2 and the way he gets above the rim his agility the way he gets past defenders the way he is able to finesse and move his body in the air I mean it's it's Jordan-esque it's kind of what Jordan would do when he would hang for that extra second or reposition the ball. It was just that agility and just elasticness 
and it, it, it's incredible. And and give LeBron, you know, all the accolades and and how athletic he is. I think he's power and strength and speed. I think Rose's quickness, speed, and and agility. I think what he's LeBron's got quickness. LeBron's he can accelerate. Yeah, I mean, LeBron. I mean, you've seen him from a dead stop accelerate through a lane, being nimble, all nimble, and it's a, and like moving his body because he's got a lot more to move than than Derrick Rose. I, I mean, it, it's a good argument. It's a good argument. I, uh, I, that's just how I feel. All you guys out there in podcast land, who do you think is the most athletic guy in the NBA? Tell us. Let us know. Anyhow, but Chicago. Now, we knew Chicago would be good, obviously, with with the Boozer trade and just how that team is developing in general. But a number one seed, a number one seed, I, I, I don't think anybody was calling that, especially with the big three being the story in Miami coming into the season and Boston and Orlando. I mean, even Atlanta. You know, being in the three seed last year, I, I don't think – I think people thought if they get in the top three, that would be a very successful season. They are about to win the East, and uh, that's surprising, but that just also is a testament to that Rose is the MVP of the league. Uh, and let's talk about that real quick. Speaking of Miami, they're hitting their stride at just the right time. Winning five straight, eight and two in their last ten games. Uh, last night, the big three go off for 30-plus points and 10-plus rebounds. That is an NBA record for three players having those kinds of numbers in a non-overtime game. And uh, they just seem to be figuring it out. And not not a bad thing, considering there's nine games left in the season. I, are, are you buying it, Ben, or do you think it's going to kind of return when they have when they play uh, the, the playoff competition? I think it's going to return. I think it's going to return. Are you just wanting that to be the case, or do you actually think it? <laughs> all right, all right. That, that's all. That's my answer. <laughs> that's my answer. That's that's all. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. Uh, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I'll just say that. Um, I'm going to say that Miami has figured it out, and I, the, the the thing about it is that. They're all the thing about the big three is that they're not especially playoff performers. Especially D Wade, yeah, a young D Wade when he had Shaq in in a in, in a very good supporting cast, he played well, but he's gotten bounced in the playoffs subsequently ever since then. He hasn't he hasn't had any success in the playoffs. And LeBron, you know, totally mailed it in last year and quit on his team, and even before then. He hadn't. He had come up short pretty much every year, except for the finals where he got swept. Anyways, I mean, he 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 has stepped up in those in those Pistons games and those epic series. He's stepped up, but he hasn't necessarily won those those huge those those. He, he hasn't crossed that bridge yet. And you know, despite some great performances here and there, and 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 being, I mean, listen, we we can't we can't discount this discount what he did for Cleveland and how he carried that team. But when it comes down to it, he's not a playoff winner. And Wade has one in the playoffs, and and then Bosch as well. Bosch doesn't even have that much playoff experience. And you're going to go up against Boston, who has that playoff experience. I mean, even Chicago, who looks like a tighter unit than Miami. Even Orlando, who's had a lot of playoff experience. It, 
I, I think Miami is playing at a better level, and I, and I think that's going to come through. However, when, they, when they're playing in a seven-game series with a Boston or Chicago or Orlando, we're going to see, is all I'll say. Uh, what, what are the Cavs looking at for this, uh, this playoffs? Uh, they, are, they are just dead set on getting that 15th win. Um, are, are we they, at December they, still? They, they want to win before April, <laughs> and uh, that, that's that, that's. I mean, listen, man, you did it. You you brought it up. Um, I I don't. I'm saying nothing. Why would you even do that? Let, I'd rather talk about Indiana than than let you wallow. Don't <laughs> me to bring up more hands for a love. Actually, I got a better idea. Let's get to some heroes. What do you say? <sighs> I, I really got some some good hands broke now. Go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna go heroes. Give us your hero, man. <laughs> uh, baseball coming back on Thursday. I'm, I'm super excited for that because that traditionally means that the start that's the start of spring really for me. Uh, yeah. Woo woo! More <laughs> weather, baseball. Who uh, doesn't like that? My hero is the madness. Um, uh, you got it's it's March, baby. It's it's March. This has been a great tournament. It's been entertaining. We've had great individual games. We've had great storylines. It's everything you could want. I'll go with the madness from my hero, villain. Do I have to go? Yes, you do. Uh, uh, anything NFL, uh, possibly the NBA. Lockouts suck. That's all I got. Are you? Here's my question: Are you buying the lockout? Because I'm not. There's too much money at stake, and and. Uh, I think a deal will be reached. I don't think we will not have football next year. It's just too much money. Yeah, but the 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 fact that there isn't anything right now is still very uneasy for me. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that. I just think when it gets closer and, and the heat increases, uh, yeah, there there'll, there'll be a deal. We'll we'll have football. There's just no way it's not going to happen. My villain, we're going homer on this one. Rick Sund. I'm going to reach back a little bit here. GM for the Atlanta Hawks, Rick Sund. I understand the trade for Kirk Heinrich, and it makes sense, but it's not what we need. It's just not the the move that's gonna that's gonna change it. And it's not so much the Kirk Heinrich acquisition that I don't like. It's we have shipped off yet another young player in Jordan Crawford, another talented young player who is finding success with another team. Once again, true Hawks fashion, we take a perfectly good young player that is on our roster. That we drafted, we don't know what to do with him. We ship him off. Oh, and he's been averaging 20 points in his last 10 games. He's averaged 16 points all of March. It frustrates me. It angers me. And I want Jordan Crawford back because me and the other Hawks fans that were in the know saw the potential, saw the the, the promise, and we ship him off. And Kirk Heinrich is just not that great. I'm sorry. So. Uh, shall, I'm, I'm a, let, let me start with the game ball since I've been putting you on the spot. Uh, my game ball, Juan Agudelo for USA football soccer, uh, putting in, putting in the, uh, the game tire against Argentina in a packed Meadowland Stadium in New Jersey. Uh, very proud of just that showing for some USA soccer and very proud of the 1-1 tie with, uh, Argentina. And uh, next one up is Spain, I think. I think we play Spain next. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we'll have another strong showing. But uh, Juan Agudelo, 18-year-old Juan, plays for the Red Bulls. 
Very, very good to see the young talent in USA soccer. Want want is Spanish for John. That's all I got. Very good, Ben. Your game ball. My game ball is VCU. Uh, you know, I've, done, I've pretty much spent a lot of this show gushing about VCU and how impressed I have been with this team and, and their inability to be to be scared, really, uh, to to back down from anyone. Uh, backs against the wall all the time. They've ne- they were never picked for any game, and uh, yeah, good for them. I like the I like stories like that. I like stories like that. I like short passes. Uh, and and uh, do you want to do your benching or do you want me to continue with it? Uh, I can do my benching. Uh, we already talked about it. The Knicks just playing abysmal basketball. Uh, like I said, it's it's rare that a, a midseason trade such as this really you know puts a team over the top. I'm sure Ike would come up with like 15 examples where I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> I'll just say suck it, Ike, because you could be on the show and you could talk to me about it, but you're not. If you're not uh, here, then, then you don't get to, to argue right. and be right. So you're right, right, Ben, no matter what you say. I'm doing, like, double fist pumps now. You can kind of see them. Living the dream. Just living the dream. Just living By the, the way, I, I very much like Skyping the, the video capabilities at Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. I, like I feel like the flow is better. It is better because I can, I can see when you're going to cut me off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, all right, my benching, and then we'll wrap this up. I'm going to bench Rick Riley. First of all, I have not been a fan of just the direction his columns have gone uh, since he left Sports Illustrated. I think it's a lot more fluffy, and um, he's just kind of become a douchebag, in my opinion. In his latest uh, argument, ripping on Jimmer Fredette, now that he's been bounced from the uh, from the tournament, you know, hindsight, I guess, is 2020 when you write everything after the fact, and you're going to rip this kid uh, because Florida knew how to game plan him, and, you know... Everybody at ESPN is talking about how he is some media sensation. And that's the ultimate irony that ESPN is talking about that. I, you know. Anyhow, uh, Rick Riley, if you want to write an article ripping on Jimmer Fredette, why don't you grow a pair and do it two weeks ago instead of waiting for him not to win in the tournament and then doing it? It's just, I don't know. I hate, maybe, I hate. Maybe he did have it written to you two weeks ago. Well, then he needs to email somebody. He probably did. I'm, I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. Stop. Just no. I have no it's, idea. It's not gonna work. No. Uh, it's not. <laughs> let's uh, let's do our minutes and get out of here. Uh, my minute will be short. You ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, I wanted to give kudos uh to the Cleveland Browns for for a fan sues the team in the NFL over the lockout. Uh, he is quoted here. It's a fight between billions, billionaires and millionaires. There isn't any sympathy for the multimillionaires. It's just not going to happen. And somebody has to stand up and say, enough's enough. The fan seeks $25,000 from the Brown as well as 25000 for the league and its teams. Uh, I think that that's pretty cool. I'm not sure, you know, how much, you know, how much steam he's going to gain. Uh, I think he might have more of a case if he starts missing games or sees games with you know, replacement players, or, or however they they decide to you know proceed. Uh, like I said previously, I'm very tired of this lockout. I don't like to think that there might not be football next year, uh, and uh, I currently have that thought a lot. So get this done, NFL. I'm tired of this. I, I you know I say again, I I think it will be. I think it will be done. But I'm with you, and I, I don't think anybody wants them. Obviously. I, I've, <laughs> I've informed a few people that I know about this lockout because let's just say they're 
their estrogen levels are a little higher than ours, and so they don't necessarily follow ESPN as re- religiously as uh, as you and I would, maybe the sports world. Uh, but telling telling uh, some of these ladies about the lockout and these NFL fans that I know, I kind of ruined Christmas, and I wasn't ready for the intense reaction. But uh, no, it it, it it's uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen. I think I think a deal will be reached because. Yeah. Just seeing those reactions alone, it's just the, the demand for football is too high. You can't, you, you can't do it. The NFL is at the top, at the top of their game. They're more popular than they've ever been. It's, it's just the worst. It, you know, baseball made that fatal mistake in '94. Hockey's Should, still recovering. Hockey, yeah, that's a great example. Hockey's still recovering. But uh, anyways, for my minute, uh, we we've been away for the last month and a half, just about in large part due to uh, the uh, the. My, my teaching internship position, it was more than that. It was uh, pretty much coordinating entire class uh, while the professor was very busy directing a film, a film that we were all working on that was the class. And um, I was doing double duty, doing a paid position while I was also TAing the class on set. And uh, just, just my whole experience from the whole 10 weeks, uh, a lot of up and downs, a lot of up and downs. Uh, and it, it just... I learned a lot about myself and, and just my limitations and how I can push them and just really, really learned a lesson for myself in keeping at it. Even when you're discouraged, even when you've, you've, uh, I don't know, when you get bad feedback or, or, or what have you, when you have those moments of lowness, you just got to keep trucking. You got to keep pushing. And uh, it all worked out. Uh, I, I got an A in the class. And that was way better than what my midterm grade was. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just a lesson in perseverance and uh, really working for something. So uh, and I'm, I'm happy to be done with it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm, I'm very happy with, with how it ended. So, And here's to another crazy quarter, but hopefully not as crazy as last, last quarter because I want to bring all you fine people the latest and greatest in the hard-hitting sports journalism that is on this boy's episode. <laughs> but, uh, anyhow, it's so good to be back, and it's so good to have you back. And uh, we're, we're back on this train, folks. Okay, we're not going to leave you again. We're just—I'm not—I don't want it to happen. I don't, I, I'm not going to make false promises here. But we love bringing you the sports, and we love having you. So uh, it's good, good to have you back. It's good to be back, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the Sports Chop Shop. Good douche. My dryer is done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Are we recording?